Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children and builds specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show NYC edition. Uh, We're joined by my friend Inez Felcher-Stepman. She is a fellow at the Independent Women's Forum, a writer, uh, a scholar of many things, and currently on tiny adorable kitten babysitting duty i am told so inez thanks for being with us it's great to be here buck and yes i am it's not my usual setup because i have a tiny kitten behind me (laughs) i have been i have been dealing with my uh two-year-old nephew which uh you know helping my sister to babysit a little bit and i can tell you that the kitten sounds great right about now because the kitten is (laughs) i'm sure very very easy very straightforward all right let's let's jump into this inez the uh, the current situation, I, I saw you, you tweet on this where you have and, and this isn't about, um, oh, I like this person or oh, I like that person or this person should win. It, it's just an, an observation on the current political scene. You have the front runner for the Republicans indicted and facing almost certainly additional felony criminal indictments. Um, and you have a Democrat who certainly, it seems should be facing impeachment and also possibly criminal indictments. What does this do to politics? 
Yeah. So, of course, um, that's in reference to the the most recent whistleblower evidence from these IRS agents um, who have come out and sort of directly accused Biden of being Joe Biden, that is, of being um, involved in his son's corruption. Um, They have that that signal chat where he's talking about being right next to his dad and how his dad's influence is going to come down on this guy, like uh, this Chinese guy, like a ton of bricks if um, you know, if he doesn't hand over the money, right? Um, this is this is sort of being Joe Biden's bag man, all those accusations now out into the public. Um, but I want to take a step back. And, and yes, even on the other side, we can talk about political persecution, of course, of, of Donald Trump. Um, these, these latest indictments, federal indictments, uh, are on procedure crimes, which is very similar to what happened to Mike Flynn, right? Um, they, they go after you politically and for political purposes, but in the course of the investigation, um, they can try to get you for some of the procedure crimes. In Flynn's case, it was lying to the FBI. And in, in Donald Trump's case, it is not responding or not turning over documents in response to requests, okay? These are procedure crimes. But at the bottom line, the political bottom line of this is you might have two uh, major party candidates running against each other in 2024, where if one wins, the other gets indicted and vice versa. That's that's not a good incentive for the peaceful transfer of power. That's exactly how, you know, authoritarian regimes start. It's why, you know, banana republics are banana republics. They get caught in these cycles of, of persecution where it's either hang on to power or go to jail. Yeah, I think that part of this is that for for a while there's been the the standard that has been set is well we're not gonna it's it's interesting because because I totally agree with the concept that this is problematic. You have the criminalization of politics at a very broad level happening here, um, and I know a lot of Donald Trump's critics would say, "Oh, but what about lock her up?" Yeah, but he didn't, right? Uh, he didn't do that when he came into power. He didn't even. Uh, appoint a special counsel to look into Hillary's Hillary's emails. Um, before that, though, you had the special counsel to try to arrest anybody in the Bush White House possible over the Valerie Plame um, non-crime. I mean, it, it actually was a non-crime. I know a bit about this because I was in the CIA when the whole leak happened. Um, it was an accident. They knew it was an accident right away. Uh, and they decided to have a fishing expedition to go after, again, the Bush administration to go after um, either the vice president Cheney or Karl Rove, then the White House chief of staff. And then, of course, Bill Clinton lying under under oath. What do we do about the it can't continue to be? This is the other argument you hear, right? That if we don't enforce the law because this time it would be too hard to enforce the law, we start to erase the law, right? Because what, what people are saying right now is, well, you can't just keep pointing out that Hillary didn't get prosecuted, Bill didn't get prosecuted. I don't know. I guess they would say Republicans, Trump didn't get prosecuted last time um, as a defense against this going forward. Do, do you see what I mean? Like, so what do we do? Yeah. Uh, well, two things. One, of course, is that the ostensible adults in the room once again are proving themselves you know, less self-restrained than Donald Trump, who, as you say, did not lock her up and, in fact, came out and, and made a statement to the country about how that would be bad for the country. And and so once again, they're showing less self-restraint than a guy with a uh, very twitchy Twitter finger, I guess, truth finger these days. Right. So um, it, it's it's kind of one of those backwards things where people are claiming to be the serious ones, the adult ones, the normal ones in which they're actually breaking much more important norms than Donald Trump ever did. But in terms of of this cycle, yeah, it's very, very difficult to get out of this cycle. So I'd say two things. One, that's why we don't break this precedent. 250 years 
and we haven't prosecuted a former president or current presidential candidate, um, other than perhaps Eugene Debs, who was never like a, a actually going to be president, right? He was like a 2% guy. Um, that The reason that norm was so important is exactly to avoid this kind of cycle. Once you start it, um, look, one of the many reasons that Julius Caesar actually crossed the Rubicon, I know it's a popular metaphor these days, um, but one of the many reasons Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon with his army is when he gave, when he, if he were to give up his position, right, um, his, his uh, political position, when he was going to resign, basically, from his political position, he was open to prosecution and he knew his enemies would come in and prosecute him, right? So um, this, this is, again, how dictatorships get started, how peaceful transitions of power die. And as far as, you know, no one's above the law, which people also keep repeating, you know, in terms of norms for a republic, I find it much less scary that, you know, um, all five or six of our living former, you know, presidents get away with some ticky tack BS, right? Like they have a few documents they shouldn't have in some, I don't know, for example, uh, in their, in their, um, their garages next to their Corvettes, right? Um, I, I, I far prefer that as a scenario than entering into this this cycle that brings down republics and, and, and regimes, right? So um, it's, it's a matter of what's a more important norm. And for me, there's no contest. I'd, I'd rather not prosecute a handful of people for things that are anything less than shooting someone on Fifth Avenue um, than, than enter into something well, that's so dangerous. I, I think that's country. a critical point. I, I often say this on the radio. If we were talking about a current presidential candidate uh, who had gotten drunk and in vehicular manslaughter, you know, killed a family of four by T-boning them in an intersection. Yeah, the guy's got to go to prison, right? Like this is there are levels at which it doesn't matter. Everybody would understand, right. you know, you can't murder people. You can't rape somebody. You can't do some horrible, heinous crime and say, oh, I'm running for office. But a document dispute with the National Archives like that, that doesn't that's uh, not going to cut it. And I, I think that anybody who's being honest about what's best for the country is at least able to see the merit of that argument at some level. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of the Omar Little quote from The Wire, right? Um, if, if you come at the king, you best not miss. You bet if you are going to break that 250-year norm, you better have irrefutable evidence and you better be completely above suspicion that this is a political prosecution. So, you know, if you have tape of somebody uh, going the wrong way on the highway and smashing into, uh, you know, a family of four in your example, then then, of course, you should prosecute. People aren't above the law. But but the it's so important to avoid even the appearance. And here we have a lot more appear than appearance. We have piece of evidence after evidence after evidence that this is a politically selective prosecution. The impression of that giving half the country the impression, uh, the correct impression in this case, that the justice system is two tiered based on whether you agree with the party in power um, or not is so much more dangerous than any kind of little document dispute could ever be. And, and this is this is just uh, I mean, like I said, this is sort of ticky tack stuff to bring down republics over. I'm going to ask you a question, but I want you to answer it. We come back in a second, uh, Inez, after a word from our sponsor here. And it is, does not knowing what a Uyghur is disqualify somebody from the presidency or running for the presidency? Should it do that? If you don't know what a Uyghur is, uh, we will come back and get into this in a second. The value of your life savings and retirement accounts is dependent in part on our stock market. Taking into account what affects our stock market's performance and ask yourself, if you really want to put all of your marbles in that basket, it's just not wise. You want to diversify, okay? You've seen how turbulent the markets can be. That's why the premise of owning gold right now at this time in our history makes sense. Gold is good. 
The value and stability of gold as both an investment and a hedge against inflation has been proven time and time again. So has my precious metals vendor of choice, the Oxford Gold Group. Since I started speaking about Oxford Gold Group four years ago, I've seen that their advice, their direction, their long-term strategy works for me. They've been proven right repeatedly. Gold and silver can be solid protection for your portfolio. Why not have gold and silver in hand? It's a good way to diversify and to keep something that is solid and valuable at hand. Call the Oxford Gold Group, 833-430-BUCK. That's 833-430-2825, 833-430-BUCK. All right, Inez, does Mayor Suarez of Miami... Not knowing what a Uyghur is mean people should take his presidential candidacy even less seriously. I don't know that it's possible to take his candidacy less seriously. Um, I mean, this does remind people of the Aleppo moment, right? In, yes. In, uh, Gary Johnson. <laughs> what is Aleppo? I remember that one. Um, no, I mean, look, not in, in reality, you know, the president doesn't need to know everything about what's happening all over the world. What he needs to do is to be able to hire good advisors who he trusts to give him good advice and, and then use his judgment um, about situations. So I, I don't know that any particular thing is disqualifying. I will point out that even Rudy Giuliani was criticized for running for president. Like the big hit against him was that he had only been mayor and that was mayor of New York City. Right, which is nine million people and, and larger than many um, than, than some states. Right, I, so, I think uh, almost. Is it, I think it's larger than almost most states. Is that right? I mean, I, I'm putting that out there. A lot of states, like definitely a lot bigger yeah. than a lot of states. Yeah, yeah. Like so, the idea that you can run. I mean, Miami's great. Don't get me wrong, but the idea that you can run for president directly from be, by being mayor of Miami as a stepping stone, I think, is is a little absurd. Of course, this is a political outsider era that we live in. Um, but I think somebody with a resume entirely out of politics is, is a different thing than somebody who's still on in sort of the, the, the minor leagues and then deciding that he could step up and run for president seems a little it, ridiculous to me. Is is this just now a, a purely a branding exercise for a lot of people? It feels like we, we have Republican contest or, or, or I should say presidential contest, but the Republican primaries. The one I will ask you about RFK in a second, because it feels like there's almost a shadow Democrat primary going on, which we'll get to. Uh, but on the Republican side of things, you got some people who seem to be running so that they can be a Trump cabinet appointee, which is weird, right? Because shouldn't you be trying to take down the number one guy? They're all like, well, I would be good. Trump would be better as president, but I would be good. Um, and then you've also got people who it seems like they're just trying to sell more books. Is it is it that simple? Am I being too dismissive? Is this part of like uh, the flowering of our democracy or whatever? Is that you get people with less than one percent who are telling everybody they want to be president? What do you think? Look, I don't think it's going to stop happening. Um, you can't combine several ingredients, huge egos, a single you know billionaire backer. You're going to have a presidential run, right? There's no downside to any of these people running. We're going to know their names better. We're going to know their faces better. Yes, maybe they can sell more books, right? Um, Look, it's, a, it's some some sort of outside shot presidential candidates, I think, are um, it, it, or rather um, runs are worth it. Right. Um, if you really want to shine the, the spotlight on a particular issue, for example, if you want to be identified as a single with a single issue and just launch that issue into the national stage, I think it's one way to do it. But it's uh, bottom line. It's not going to stop. All the incentives are in one direction. All the you know, the, the consultants get get a ton of cash for, you know, uh, managing these these campaigns that have absolutely no shot. 
uh, at it whatsoever. So unfortunately, all the incentives are aligned that way. And I don't see it going away. These kinds of like vanity bids going away anytime soon. Who do you think if you had to pick somebody who has who is or will or has that's what I'm trying to say will or has outperformed expectations on the Republican side, who would that be for you? That's a good question. I don't know. I feel like I had pretty low expectations um, for a <laughs> lot of these people. That's the I most mean, Inez answer ever. She's for- like, she's like, I mean, I thought all of them were kind of going to be, you know, not good. But anyway, go ahead. Well, so, you know, DeSantis, you can't say he's outperformed expectations. If anything, he's underperformed expectations because the expectation was he was going to come yeah. in as, as a strong sort of number two. And what we have is him as definitely a strong uh, a, a number. He's number two, but he's way, star. way back. Yeah, he's way back. But he's, he's considerably far back. Um, and then there there is literally nothing Nikki Haley could do that would drop my estimation of her lower. Um, but wow. I, I guess. Uh, I Wait, guess can, can you expand on that? Expand on that. Dr- drill into this one. I like. I like Inez letting it fly. Why are you anti Nikki Haley? Oh God, there's so many reasons. But but I mean, you just start with the way that she entered the race, playing on her sex and and her skin color. Um, you know, there is this part of of the Republican Party that is just as thirsty for affirmative action as as the left. I find it really cringy and pathetic. Um, you should not be you know running on on your characteristics as a woman um, and a, as a person of color. I just find this like very like left-wing and cringy um and then she she's proved over and over again she doesn't understand the the actual world we're living in with her remarks about disney where she just said oh hey you know come on down to south carolina we'll take those jobs like not even acknowledging the issue that that um corporate america has swung so far left uh, in the in the cultural on the cultural issues and then it's actually you know using their money and influence in state legislatures to try like to basically thwart the will of the voters in those red states i mean it's definitely happening in um in south dakota right and nate hoffman has written before he left for a campaign wrote some really great pieces about how big business interests in in south dakota with with uh christy Nome have uh, basically overrun the the views of the voters in the states via special interest power behind the scenes like none of this she doesn't even give her opinion nikki haley uh, that addresses that issue and says, no, well, I have a different view, what, whatever, about what should be done with Disney. She just sidesteps it entirely like it doesn't exist, and it's 2012. And that's how I feel about a lot of these candidates. Mike Pence said something similar the other the other day, just a couple days ago, about you know Disney and attacking a private company. I mean, I don't know where these people came from in their wormhole from 2012, but that's what it feels like. It feels like the 2012 you know, show for a lot of these candidates. And frankly, even aside from them personally... It's really it's very disheartening to see so many people in the Republican Party still running a playbook as though the last five years didn't happen. Like, regardless of who you like, Trump, DeSantis, whatever, like um, one of these candidates, hell, Chris Christie. Right. Like just just you have to understand the world in which you're living in. And I, I think Republican voters or I hope Republican voters do understand that. But it seems like so many people in the Republican Party, elected officials do not. And that's very disheartening. So let's talk RFK Jr. in just a second here, Inez. I really want to get your your take on why he's catching on as much as he has, really out of out of nowhere, other than having a very very famous last name. Um, we'll get into this in just a second. But first off, famed economist and best selling author Nomi Prinz is out with a new warning. She says a small group of financial elites are plotting a drastic action, unlike anything we've seen since 1971. The White House, the World Economic Forum, even Bill Gates are all involved. 
According to her research, your ability to spend, borrow, save, and invest could soon be restricted with the push of a button. Our financial system is about to be transformed in a way that would have been unthinkable just a few years ago, and it all starts in July. Bank of America is calling it inevitable. If you've got any money in a U.S. bank account or retirement plan, get all the facts at disappearingdollar.com. You may not like what Dr. Prince has to say, but at the very least, you'll be prepared when events take a turn for the worse. So you want to know what's going on. Go to disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. Go there now. Paid for by Rogue Economics. Why is RFK Jr., Inez, getting not just a surprising surge of support from a lot of Democrats, but I know a lot of Republicans who are saying, I'd take him over Biden in a heartbeat. Maybe we should give him a look. Yeah, I mean, I think underlying that is is the huge dissatisfaction with Biden as as the Democratic nominee, even among Democrats. Um, there have been some polls that show more than half of Democrats do not want Biden to run again. Um, and a lot of that is connected to concerns about his age, like very valid concerns about his age. Um, and then I guess correspondingly dissatisfaction with Kamala is the default backup option, right? So um, I think a lot of that is, is where that energy is coming from. Of course, it's also true that RFK Jr. has gotten a boost from the fact that so few people now trust the medical establishment for very good reason. Um, he has a longer history. It's not just with with the COVID vaccine um, that, that he's, he's skeptical of, though. It's, you know, some measles vaccine. It's going all the way back to polio. Um, I just remember him from from my youthful days in in uh, in the Bay Area. He was big in Marin County among yuppie white liberals um, who didn't vaccinate their children. So he, he's been around for for a while, but I think it reflects a dissatisfaction with Biden as as the front runner. Do you think he's on to something with the general um, I w- skepticism? Maybe isn't the right word, but th- this this question first approach to our current vaccination regime. Does he take it? See, my, my problem is people say, well, Buck, you agree with him on covid stuff because I was, as you remember, anti all that covid lunacy from the very beginning so i'm like yeah we agree on covid sure when we talk about the other stuff though all the other vaccines and what he talked about joe rogan uh talked to joe rogan about recently is he on to something or is he kind of going out in the left field well here's what i say i don't think he's on to anything with with vaccines and autism for example i think there's there's um, quite long trail of of refuting um the evidence there's there's like one or two studies that are consistently cited one of them was retracted a long time ago right um so i don't think he's on to on to something with with going backwards and and i think that for example the mmr vaccine and so on have, have done enormous good uh for humanity over the years and but, but here's the problem, right? If you're in a low trust environment where inst- the institutions, medical institutions, but really all institutions, right, um, from media to, you know, big corporations to, um, you know, obviously our political institutions, uh, the FBI, right? Um, it's, it's very hard in a low trust environment where people rightly have have. Uh, disabuse the gatekeepers of the function that they used to have, which was, you know, to sort of put their imprimatur on information and pe- that people could rely on, right? Um, those gatekeepers have failed. Those institutions have failed. Um, they've, they've lied to us in many important ways over the last, especially over the last three to five years, right? Um, so, so people are going to be more skeptical now. This is this is a direct consequence of the way that that authority was abused and the way that those those um, institutions abuse people's trust in them um, during COVID. 
COVID and, and also I would say during the Trump presidency generally. So I, I, look, do I agree with it? No, um, I think we actually do have to start having those conversations though. I don't think that you can dismiss RFK Jr. and like take him off the, you know, the airwaves, boot him off Twitter, you know, uh, take him off YouTube, right? And as though that's gonna silence people's yeah. questions at this point, you actually have to do the hard work of reproving yourself trustworthy to people if you are one of these institutions that wants to make pronouncements. Um, Inez, I have one final request for you before we uh, close out the the show today, but uh, I'll get to it in a second. Back by popular demand, the team at MyPillow has brought back their massive closeout sale on their popular MySlipper products. You and so many others have made these products, the MySlippers, the number one selling MyPillow product. I've got two pairs myself at home, everybody. Uh, Carrie's got them. She loves them. My whole family wears the MySlippers. They've got an exclusive four-layer design you won't find in any other slipper. The patent design makes the slippers both durable and comfortable. When you wear them, you won't feel any stress in your feet, only pure comfort. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, grab a pair of the all-season slippers. Amazing price, just $25. Regularly priced at $149.98. Enter my name, Buck, as the promo code to get that $25 price. So go to MyPillow.com, enter promo code Buck, get the slippers, the My Slippers for $25. Inez, not everybody um, who is listening to this subscribes to my YouTube channel, and I want them to subscribe to YouTube.com slash Buck Sexton. So what I was going to ask is, can you just hold up the adorable little kitten? Is it nearby? Because the audio people aren't, they're going to have to go to the YouTube for the kitten. <laughs> he was by a minute ago, but I actually kept him off the camera. Maybe I shouldn't have. But oh, man. Oh, I'm, I'm not <laughs> delivering here. All right. I should have coordinated this with, with, this with you beforehand. I promise everybody at home next time, the adorable tiny kitten uh, that she is babysitting, we will make an appearance on, on the, uh, on the video stream here. Inez, uh, where should people go to check out your work? Um, you can go to IDF, uh, wow, IWF.org. Um, you can check out my work, the work of my colleagues um, at the Independent Women's Forum. You can also find me on Twitter at Inez Felcher, or you can type in Inez Step and I'll pop up. Fantastic. Inez, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much, Buck. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country. Heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the Foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel the to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.